Hello, Rebellious Visionaries, and welcome to the Root Work Podcast, where we're digging deeper to get to the root of financial success and failure. You're about to listen to conversations between two real sisters who are still growing and sharing their journey with you. Join us as we normalize difficult conversations around money and discover how we can use the power of talking about it to grow from and support each other so we can have the confidence to choose the life we envision. Hey. How are you, sister? (laughs) I'm very tired. It's been a busy, busy day so far. (laughs) You know, this is my normally starts. That's not the case anymore. So, <laughs> um, so in all honesty, I um have had a terrible toothache for days. Uh, probably thought about that. I was gonna call you about that too. Months ago, sure. if I'm being honest, but in the last few days, it has been persistent, like every day. And so I've just called around 25 dentist office trying to find a, a dentist, and mm-hmm. uh, apparently there is backlog backlog as therapist. <laughs> I don't know if, yeah. it's, um, if it's because of short staffing, but um, to be a new patient in a dentist's office, um, it's practically impossible. I've even searched on your side of the water, um, but I ended up calling my original dentist only to find out that they do accept my insurance. So um, back in October, when I got a new insurance company, I swear they told me they didn't accept my insurance. So I didn't even bother. Okay. Um, and so I spent all morning trying to find a new one only to end up finding out that my old one will accept me. So hey, you like your dentist um he's okay he's not he's not so you know I have a phobia of dentists uh, for those of you guys who don't know it is a really extreme phobia and I um the, there's a dentist that I had when I first moved here in Hampton and he was amazing he really helped me get over quite a bit but he was older and I think he retired because I even went by there and I don't see the facility anymore mm-hmm. and he was really old so I think he just retired um and I haven't found a dentist I like since him but they've been okay I just you know I like I went for a cleaning that's the last time I went to the dentist for mm-hmm. a cleaning back in like maybe 2020 and I had a complete panic attack in the chair like I had to have them like stop and take everything out my mouth I was like I can't I couldn't breathe and the lady was like you know we could at the end she was like you know if I had known that that was it that was a problem because I didn't mention it to her mm-hmm. um, I guess the dental sense she's like we could give you something for that and I was like they give you is she suggesting weed I was like is that something they're doing now in dentist office yeah. <laughs> apparently what she was talking about was I guess like laughing gas or some sort of yeah. like- <laughs> <laughs> who are your friends no, <laughs> talking she wasn't even the person who ended up telling me what it was I was too embarrassed to ask her like what the something was and then when I brought it up to somebody they was like oh yeah you know that my dentist gives me laughing gas and I was like yeah, everybody I, I never got it either but everybody be like I I get I make them give me something before I come there oh or they'll give you something to take before you come there then if you need something when you're there well you know you when I was little um after the incident that caused the phobia after the dentist experience when I was little and mommy had started having to take me to the children's dentist in New York 
that that's what they would do. They would give me, they would put the like elephant mask over my face and put me to sleep. But mm-hmm. I, I haven't had that since I was little. So I don't, I just thought that maybe they didn't do that anymore as a practice or. Nah, it's a very real me. phobia. And it should be. Shouldn't even be called a phobia. (laughs) I try. Not only was I traumatized, I traumatized anybody who's at the dentist's office with me. Mad. I think I still be mad. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, as a result, Jordan has been missing her dentist appointments too. (laughs) Jordan has no phobia of dentists. She loves a dentist. Even as a little little girl, she'd be like, can you make my dentist appointment? I don't know what is wrong with her, but she likes the dentist. So my kids too. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So speaking of children, um, this month is April. It is financial literacy awareness month. Um, So big, big month in my industry, um, bringing attention to finances. And so this is such a good opportunity. um, I think as parents, you know, we always talk about like all the stuff we wish that they taught us in school, all the stuff we, you know, we wish we knew before we were adults that they should have been teaching us about money. And the reality is, is they're still not teaching it. And so as parents, we have a unique opportunity, I think, to teach our kids what we wish we knew earlier. And I saw in a Facebook group recently, they were asking, like, do you kid, do you give your children allowance? And it was alarming how many people were like, no, they're allowed to live here, right? Right. And I understand like where that thought process kind of comes from. It's this idea of not raising children who feel entitled that they're supposed to automatically get some sum of money just for existing, but they're missing a huge opportunity to teach them how to manage money and to help them to see. I mean, you are, at the reality is if you're not giving your kids allowance, you're still buying them things. You're not removing your your obligations to pay for stuff. You're just shifting responsibility to you. Whereas mm-hmm. when you give your children allowance, you have the opportunity to shift the responsibility of purchasing decisions to them and help yeah. them understand earlier the cost of a dollar. Them to, um, you know, we want them to have the opportunity to know what the cost of a dollar is or the value of a dollar, I should say. And when we take when we take ownership of all the purchasing decisions, they don't get a chance to see that money runs out. They think there's an unlimited supply of dollars and they don't understand um, opportunity costs. They don't understand purchasing decisions. They don't understand um, uh, how to multiply them. Like they just don't understand so many things that they can learn a little bit earlier in life. And if we would give them money and I'm not suggesting that any parent just give their kids money for nothing at all, because something else we understand as adults is we only get money when we earn it. Um, and so I think there should be some sort of activity um, behind how they earn money, because mm-hmm. I think that I really think it's more like I've, I've heard the difference between like allowance and commission. Call it what you want. I feel like I'm, I'm giving I'm paying commission, but I call it allowance. So you can call it whatever you want to call it. But um the idea that, you know, your children do things at home and at work, I mean, at school that they could earn money for. And then you could use that money that they earn as an opportunity to say, if this is what you want, then, you know, here it is. Um, and so this past week, I was fortunate enough to teach a financial literacy class to a spring break camp. Um, it was a group of kids. They were between kindergarten and sixth grade, huge range, um, but they were broken up into two groups. So the the babies is what I was, I was calling them. And that's not meant to trivialize them, but I just love the idea of babies. So the babies were from kindergarten to second grade and the big kids were 
from second grade to six. And if I had had to break these these groups up myself, which I, I didn't, the, the child care facility did the breaking up, I probably would have put third to six together and left yeah. the, all the second graders with the younger ones just because um, some of the math concepts were a little harder for them. Um, but otherwise, it was really, really wonderful to be a part of this this um, this program and, and get to teach finance to these kids. It was a math camp specifically. And so to my surprise, most of the kids love math. I thought this was going to be a group of kids who like despise math and their parents were trying to put them in this camp to make them get better. Okay. These are all children who love math, even if they weren't really great at it. And so the, you know, giving them the opportunity to see the correlation between math and money was really helpful because I think um, a lot of kids don't realize how they'll use that life skill forever. And so they Mm -hmm. disregard it early in life because it's maybe a little harder and then they need it later in life and it's a little harder to master um, because math is just getting harder and harder the older you get. Um, And so this gave me a a way to introduce why you should care about math and using something that they all care about, which was money. Even if they don't realize they care about money now, they realize they care about stuff that money buys, right? So it was really easy to get them engaged from that perspective. And then we got to talk about all the other areas of life that use math that they don't think about. You know, we talked about like shooting pool and how you're using geometry because we're talking about angles, um, things like that. Um, But these kids, I think we underestimate what a child can comprehend. And, you know, you know, I've been teaching Jordan Jordan budgeting since she was four years old. Um, But I think a lot of people assume that she's just an exceptional child. And she is exceptional. But I don't think that any child cannot grasp some of these concepts that early. All of them are capable of taking on something. And so even at that age, it wasn't like we weren't doing like uh, complicated, you know, financial concepts, but she understood the value of one penny, a single, you know, penny. And so that was easy way to get her to practice math because she had to add up the pennies that she was earning and help her to start to understand the idea of percentages in a way because we were dividing the money into different banks, bank systems. Um, And when you, when they start to master these skills at like a really young age, the older they get, the older they get, the easier it is to do the steps. And not only that, it becomes second nature. Like for Jordan, it just doesn't occur to her to spend every dollar she ever earns. It's not for us. We have to like take a conceited effort to be like, okay, let me save some of this. (laughs) Cause we have been, we've had the habit of like pay bills first and then hope you have money left over to save later. Right. We haven't been groomed to think to pay ourselves first. Yeah. Um, Early years anyway. No. So I'm curious you know, there are so many new things about finances that we could be teaching our kids. And, you know, on the fun- most fundamental level, you know, I feel like this is a great month to start having some family me- meetings. And this is a family meeting is a great place to talk about money. Um, but there are lots of other new concepts um, that, you know, we could teach our kids about money. So I'm curious, what what things do you feel like are important for kids to learn? Um, and at what age group do you feel like... At, they should be introduced to like at a minimum like be introduced to them at this age that's you know, you've got kids at because you've got kids on like multiple age levels like I've got this yeah. one I'm growing so yes I have each generation represented represented in my family no I'm kidding but what what you mean on the money basis or 
Yeah, like um, like you're when you look at your kids and you think about where what you want them to be knowing at that age. Mm-hmm. What what is it that you feel like? Gosh, I want to if my kids at you know elementary age, I I want them to be learning doing this and middle school. Like, what do you want them to be as a parent? Like now, reflectively, now you see your kids are like twenty one, and you wish like they probably yeah. something a little um, bit earlier. I think my biggest late latest um message to them is the fact that money is a seed money can be a seed if it's in in the idea that you can gather your seed and them in places like you know investments and actually watch it grow rather than your seed when you think about a seed you don't eat the seed oh now i can go get this that's what my kids seem to feel like money is a way to get stuff and the the overflow of your money should be that but the seed of it the gathering of it the the making it grow that's what comes into your hand for you to use to create your own wealth and you know it's it's you know and and the fact that you have the ability to get it like you have the ability to put inside you what you need so that you can acquire why would someone want to add money to you what skill do you have that you can go and get this money that you desire like to not feel like you gotta wait on even even me, it's like I, I don't push my kids to go get a, a, a McDonald's job if I know if they took more time to build up their skill, it will get them way further than just giving 10 hours a day at McDonald's. You know, it's a good thing though when you don't have a direction, you do what you can do to get the money. But at the same time, it's like what can you put in you so that your 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 very existence is is worth, you know. I don't know what I'm saying. Like, but I, I, I hear what you're saying though. Yeah. It's really good. Like, I, I there are two points that you made that I think that I want to make sure the audience doesn't miss is mm-hmm. usually we teach our kids how to spend first, right? But we don't teach them to multiply first. Right. And it's okay to spend, but spend from your saucer. It's kind of like like emotional giving, like when they say mm-hmm. you should you have to give from your overflow, right? Not from your cup. And yeah. and, and we never taught we wouldn't we never learned how to create an overflow. Right. So we end up spending seed money yeah. and where we should be spending, you know, from, from the fruit. We have to plant right. a tree in the first place. And this is where Young, Rich, and Rudy comes in, right? I, I use this illustration of the grapefruit tree all the time. It's like, we're, in reality, that fruit is so powerful. You know, mm-hmm. you have to, but first something has to be planted. It has to be nurtured. It has to, um, it has to be protected. It has to be planted in the right environment until it gets to a point where it is resilient and it can endure a lot more. And once it gets to that place and then, you know, there's a point in growth. If you look at like a, a, a grapefruit tree or orange tree or any kind of like fruit bearing plant, it flowers before fruit shows up. And it's tricky because when you see flowering, it looks like it could look like it's done. It's beautiful. That's what looks good on the surface. And I think that's what like shopping for stuff and like buying a bunch of expensive things like it looks like success. Right, right. So like you see this beautiful flower tree and it's so pretty and it feels done like it's beautiful. Right. But if you wait a little bit longer, fruit will grow. And I'm going I'm going to copy this and send this little voice clip just what you said. Wait <laughs> a little longer. You you eating the flower. Wait. That's a just wait a honey. little bit longer Ooh. and fruit will grow. And I and that's something I got to observe growing in my backyard little garden is every time I grew something flowers always came first. 
Right. It didn't matter if it was cucumbers, tomatoes, eggplant, everything flowered, even onions flower, right? So, um, you know, the thing about the fruit, though, even when the fruit comes, if you eat all of it, then that's all that you have. Mm-hmm. But if you, it's fruit can feed you and it could also multiply your wealth and it can also provide for future generations. That one piece of fruit, you could take some of it and eat. You could take some of the seed and replant it for future generations so that if even if you're even if that tree doesn't survive, if a, if a hurricane comes and it blows that tree over, the seed is already planted. It's already preparing for the next season or the next generation. And not only that, if if you do survive, it's it's continuing to add more harvest for your family. And so I think what we we don't give our, our children an opportunity to do is to see how to understand the concept of harvest season, like plant a seed. Now you can buy whatever you want with the fruit supply wealth. And it's like, I think we, we teach our kids to spend before we teach them how money works for them. Like not how, you know, we, I talked about like, you know, earning income, um, but we never really teach them how money earns its own income. Right. And the moment they could grasp that concept, they'll be more patient in it. And so one of the things that I talked about in the camp today, um, camp last week was interest. And they wrap their brains around the idea that what interest was, like if you leave your money here, you know you're loaning the bank money and they will pay you money just for leaving it there. Or, and then to, to under, help them to understand conversely, if you're borrowing money, if you're charging on your credit card, if you're taking out loans, that mm-hmm. that is you being the the borrower and so you're paying interest that interest works in reverse you could decide if you're going to be the lender or if you're going to be the borrower in these circumstances and when these kids grasp the idea of like interest when we started talking about passive income versus earned income it Mm -hmm. was kind of mind-blowing for them to think about like passive income like you could make money doing kind of nothing. We talked about Jordan's book and how like, you know, initially she had to create the book that was active work. But after that, short of like marketing, right? It's passive. She can go to, she can be asleep and making money, literally wake up to book sales. And when these kids can understand that you want to invest your time in things that make you money that you don't have to show up for, like all y'all want to play video games, phenomenal. I want you to too. I tell Jordan all the time, she wants to be an actress phenomenal mm-hmm. i want you to be able to do that without worrying about if you're gonna lose your house so right. when i when i tell you to don't forget to work on your skills that are income producing now the ones that you are really great at and are bringing revenue in to master that i'm telling you to do that so that way you can afford to do whatever else you love right because if her books are selling and they're constantly bringing her income she could go on an audition She's not going to worry about if her rent or her mortgage or whatever it is is going to be paid because she has that passive income coming in. And I think like if we teach our kids not just how to manage money, like how to spend it, but how to create money early, mm-hmm. like that part, both in their active work, because they all have monetizable skills early in life, mm-hmm. um, as well as the investment side of it. I think you little kids, um, there's a guy who owns a, um, an organization that I'll actually be teaching the, the business finance stuff for his organization. It's Kids in Biz. His name is Joshua Escalante. He owns a Kids in Biz. Jordan just did like a podcast interview for their organization. But he when he talked about that business, he said the reason why he wanted to work with, with kids is because kids are not jaded. Right. They, they still believe they could do anything. 
Like they believe they could take bubble gum and turn it into a vending machine. Like they have this crazy, but like adults, we, we are too jaded by like life that right. we suddenly have all these fears and we're way too rational. Kids are beautifully irrational. And so they make perfect entrepreneurs because creatively they are, they think out of the box naturally. They're not afraid to try and fail. They're like, oh, it, it broke. I'll try again. Like they fall down and get right back up. Right. Adults, we can't sustain injury. And so, but we don't introduce entrepreneurship to our kids at the age that it's beautiful for them when they're that's, little. That's last week, Amon kept saying, Ma, I got to find a way to make money. I need to find a way to make money. And I, I loved him saying that, although I know he was trying to buy something. And I was like, well, what do you need money for? And he was like, well, I want to, it's a game I want to get. And so I'm like, okay, well, you know, I can see that being a reason. I said, but how can you get yourself to a place where you don't constantly need money for an item? I said, how about you start looking into how can you make money? And he was like, well, I, where am I going to work? How am I going to get to work? And I was like, just think about ways that you, things you can do. I was like, you know, with the business, you can do loads, but just trying to put in his mind. And I, some, for some reason, something in me said, he'll find, he'll find a way. And I was just like, all right, well, I definitely will have some work for you soon. I said, but you want to find something that you, I said, you can go into the, um, what is it? The uh, freelancing sites and go into the business and just say what you, you make logos, edit videos, all the things you say you want to do. I said, but you got to find that way where you're not constantly looking up under the couch for money mm-hmm. because you gave yourself a skill. But what happened was he got an opportunity to make money. And the first time that they were asked to do that, he was asked to do something, he couldn't complain about it because he'd been saying he needed a way to make money. And boom, he had an opportunity to make money with daddy and mommy. And it was just like he saw the benefit of being available, taking his skill set, using it to learn something new and actually realizing he's texting me. I said, you did a good job today. He said, yeah, I'm going to say this. I want to keep doing this. When the next time, you know, it's just like he saw the benefit. He didn't want to spend it no more. He wanted to keep it. He wants now he's saying he wants to start his computer business. He wants $250 to start. So I'm like, he's getting it. He's getting it. And I knew not to put money in his hand. He did good in school, doing good in school. But then now I'm like, you need to find a way. You're gonna to have to find a way. Can you to please get- tell him to start his computer business so he could fix Auntie's computer? Because Listen, he is doing it. I got, I got it. He wants to build computers for people. That's what he wants to do. And Auntie's a um Apple. We're PCs. Uh, I'm sorry. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. My uh, my desktop is a PC. Oh, okay, cool. That would be great. <laughs> that would be great for this. But I got to go get him soon, actually. But um, I really, really um, this was this was so timely for what our week was like. Um, and he- and here's the beautiful thing is like you, you are an IT expert. Like mm-hmm. um, he is, and this is what we talked about at the camp is what it means to be born rich. Jordan's brand is about mm-hmm. you inherited greatness. And it's not about being born with a lot of money. It's about being right. born with talent, skills. And here's the and the biggest one is resources. That's the people right. around you who can support and help you. And so he wants to get break into the IT field and he's got you mm-hmm. as a mother. How beautiful is right. that? Jordan has, me. Me. <laughs> Jordan has me as a mother and she's so incredibly talented in the arts. So her photography skills and, right. you know, her financial savvy, like all those things she has me as a, as a parent. And I think when these kids start to realize, like, 
some of the, sometimes their dream feel too big for them because they think only they have to accomplish it. When they right. start to realize that, no, it is beyond just your parents. You have teachers who are skilled in certain areas who could support you. Right. Who would be thrilled to find out you have this extracurricular idea that aligns with their trait, you know, their skill and you're interested outside of class time for something. Yeah. Jordan's librarian was incredibly hurt that she wrote a book and didn't tell her that she wrote a right. book. Like, why would you tell this to me? And right. was a big, um, played a big role in why her, her book ended up being on the news and in the newspaper because when she found out, you know, she pushed that information out. And so it's like, when these kids start to tap into what their, what their greatness is, what they've mm-hmm. inherited, the potential is limitless, but right. also they still need to have the practical skills to know what to do with that information. And I think that's where we, you know, we work with them with managing money, like being under their parents' home is the perfect time to make mistakes. Like there are times where Jordan bought stuff that I knew was like a dumb purchase, like, right. but she had to make that mistake for herself. Like I remember we went to the Dollar Tree and it's just, she was much younger and she bought something. And I feel like before we even got to the car, it broke. Right. And she was like, oh, like I could have bought such and such. Like she instantly understood opportunity costs. Like mm-hmm. she also understood like when we were in like a food lion and she wanted to buy some Takis. And I told her, um, Jordan, you should wait. And she was like, but I want them right here. I'm like, okay. She bought the Takis. And I'm going to say like in like food lion, it was like $3 and some change. Mm-hmm. And then I had to go to the Dollar Tree right after I went to the Dollar Tree and they had a bag slightly smaller than that for a dollar. <laughs> and she was like, And I was like, and this is what I was trying to help you understand is like, you know, stores are set up to make you feel like if you don't buy it now, (laughs) like the impulse to spend right now without, you know, sitting back and thinking like, where else can I get this? Doesn't even have to cost you money. You know, one of the things we talked about during the financial camp was the idea of what was used as currency before, before money, before dollars existed. Mm-hmm. And it was bartering that there are lots of times that you want to do something in your business and financially you just haven't built, you know, cre- created any revenue for yourself yet. And so some of the early things you could do to get your business started is barter, like offer your service to someone, you know, in exchange for their service. Right. And that does two things for you. It gives you an opportunity to get what's needed to get your business off the ground, but it also gives you an opportunity to, to service someone and mm-hmm. to get reviews, to get to show proof yes, of concept. I would say sometimes it's just exchange for marketing, exchange yeah. for listing it as experience. Um, so yeah, that that marketing cost that you would pay, you can do by just saying, "Hey, let me do this for this church or this nonprofit," and you know, certain. Don't don't turn away from transactions that may not be money to money. You know, it could be more valuable sometimes when you're bartering. Um, you're, and I think we're getting back to that as a people anyway, if you really look. Yes. Um, and, and don't get me wrong. you there has a, There's a point where you could only barter for so much. Like I said, right, right. revenue coming in. <laughs> yeah. Could, um, I, you know, in the beginning of financial coaching, I did, um, I did a few beta clients. And at some point, though, like your mortgage is not going to take your barter services. No, like you got to no, be no, able no. to pay You're your bills. Building, yeah. But to build up. And the thing is like when you, do good, when you do good work and you care about the service, that's going to mm-hmm. turn into paid clients anyway because anybody who I've coached, like I've done pay. Like if you read any reviews from any of my clients, they've always said it was, it was worth more than what they paid at any price point with my highest price point and of course at my lowest price point, right? Um, that, uh, that makes it easy for you to have repeat business when you have great customer service you're going to get repeat business and so I think like you know teaching kids 
about, you know, when it comes to money management, it's not just about numbers, like service level. Um, one of the things we talked about, um, we, we read a book to the kids and every day we read a different book kind of related to the topic. So day one, we talked about money and helping them understand currency. Two, we talked about um, banking. And day three, we talked about business. And day four, we talked about legending. And when we were talking about business, we read the story about this little boy who was, uh, he had a car wash business and he realized like he could make more money if he washed cars really fast, but he didn't do a great job. And so the customer was disappointed and, you know, he realized like he had deviated from the the training his father had given him on how to give a really high quality car wash. And when he gave that high quality car wash, the the guy said, you know, I want to pay you not just $10, but a hundred, I'm going to put you on a contract. So he ended up making a lot more and getting like a long-term deal for giving service. And these kids grasped the concept. Like they understood, like I didn't mention service to them. And they said like, you know, when he did a good job, he ended up actually doing better than rushing. Like he made more money. And it's right. exactly that. Like a lot of times in business, you think like, well, just expediency is just all of it. You want to make sure that you are not undercutting your value on what you deliver because you cannot compete from a price perspective. You'll, you'll ne- like Walmart is always going to outdo you or some sort of like mega company is always going to outdo you from a price perspective. And as, as, as small business owners, we can't compete with these big owners when it comes from mm-hmm. service level, being exceptional, being excellent, caring about your customer. And when our kids go into businesses for themselves and we teach them the value of great customer service, that's going to be powerful for them when they get older and they have businesses of their own or they're choosing businesses for themselves. They're choosing Using, they're unafraid to pay more for a better quality of service, whether they're being the customer or they're being the, you know, um, the business owner, understanding the value of service. I think these are also financial concepts that don't seem like they're about money that that you want your kid to get. Right. Integrity and things of that nature. Right. Um, the thing I, is that you got to have kids and get them and pick them up and take them places. I wonder, can I make money charging them for this type of stuff? <laughs> charging who for what? The kids for all the transport. Maybe if they had to pay every time I had to pick them up and drop them off, that could be a way. Give them I mean, fake money and say, you know what? Give me $10 of that Monopoly money. <laughs> you know, that's so funny you say that. For parents who are like, I'm not comfortable taking or giving money for your kids, you could right. simulate this whole experience with play money. Like, right. There's nothing stopping you from saying you earn Monopoly money all week and you really have to use this money to ask for anything. Like, money is you got to pay for right dinner. Now. Like, how right. much money do you have left over for dinner? Yeah. How much money do you have left over for your, you know, you want to participate? That is a very easy way for you to do that, especially for parents who feel like they want to be able to give their kids allowance, but they literally just, they can't afford it. As, right. You know, is what they feel like. I'm not going to say they can't because most of the time what we can and can't afford is usually mindset. Um, But they feel like they cannot afford to pay their kids allowance but they want to start giving them exposure right most kids will play along especially if they don't have no choice like if you literally refuse to drop them off without them paying you monopoly money they're gonna take their monopoly they're gonna they're gonna accept their monopoly dollars like they have no choice i'm taking yeah you know that gives me a thought so one of the things we did um on with the kids camp is we gave them discovery dollars so we created fake dollars that said in greatness we trust because right. more rich means inherited greatness, right? Mm-hmm. And they had to earn these discovery dollars all week. And on, at the last day of camp, 
um, they were adding like their balances. They had made them deposit their money into the bank of greatness every day at the end of the day. And so they had to do the math to add up their prior balance to today's balance to see what they had. So all of this was intentional about helping them learn what like registrars were. And then the last day they got to shop in the candy store. So shout out to Ebony Kelly. She uh, texted me. She's all the way in Chicago. Text me late in the day and was like, can I donate some snaps to this camp? I just love what you're doing. And it was so sweet and thoughtful of her. And I was like, actually, you can. Um, some candy would be great because I'm doing a candy shop on Thursday. So bought this big, you know, she bought this big bag of candy and had it sent to a local target for me to pick up. Um, and so the kids got to use their money that they'd earned all week participating to buy from the candy shop. And so, um, but on the day that we did business, the kids, this is how quickly they could, they picked up on the concepts. They right away started their brain started like working there. You could see the gears turning and one little boy looked over to me and he was like, now mind you, they only earn dollars for participating, like raising their hands and answering questions. Right. This little boy was like, he had drawn this art, this, this drawing. And some of these kids were really, really artistic. And he was like, Hey, uh, coach B, do you think somebody will buy this? Is this nice? And I said, yeah, it really was a really beautiful uh, drawing. I was like, yeah, somebody will probably buy this. I mean, Jordan's, Jordan has paintings that, you know, people have said that they would buy from her. I said, you can make an NFT, right? <laughs> and so he was like, okay. And he turns around to the class and was like, would somebody like to buy my, my drawing for some discovery dollars? <laughs> I was like, oh. so then another little girl, she came over to me uh, the very last day and asked me if I, if she could, uh, if I would be willing to buy her, paint her drawing for some discovery dollars. And I thought these kids quickly picked up the concept of entrepreneurship. They realized that they're earning money doing the work of raising their hand, but they could earn money faster if they sold some of the, some of the art that they created, sold it to their peers and they'd be able to buy even more candy than they did the day before. And I almost wanted to reward the ingenuity that they came up with and give them some extra discovery dollars. I should have actually for doing it. But um, that was really powerful is that they got to see what it's like to make money and to not have instant gratification of being able to spend it right away. Like they all week long had to to earn that money and then go to the store and realize that there's a limited amount of things that they could buy. There were different types of candy and then we priced all the candy differently. And so they had to figure out like what combination, like what could I buy? What, how could I maximize my dollar? This was a real experience for these kids to understand. Like when you go in the store, you have to look at things and figure out what matters most. So we talked about priorities and figuring out like what's most important to you versus what's most important to someone else. And I love the idea that you brought up about you know, simulating uh, these, 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 these transactions parents have to do. And I think it will make your life a lot easier as a parent because sometimes it's easy to say no then. You ain't got the money. Sounds like a no to me. Oh, any words of advice to any parents who are wanting, hoping, trying to um, provide some financial literacy or get open up the conversation around money with their kids or with uh, their significant other like this is a this is a month for everyone to learn about money anything in particular you want to no I just think I mean yes <laughs> I just think it's never too late to learn something new and even if we didn't get it in our generation and we may not understand there's opportunities for your children to learn something new that we didn't get do it open up doors I think my biggest access to things well my biggest rich um, 
item from being a young person under my parents was they was able to um, expose me to things. They didn't have a lot of money, but my mom always took me to something that expanded my dream. So that was my rich crop. That was my rich factor growing up. It wasn't the money factor. It was, wow, I have this knowledge, this wealth, this hunger to learn because my mom always opened me up to new information, any youth group going on, any camp. So I love that. I love that. That <laughs> makes me think of two things. Um, one, if you guys have not read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, read that book. It's a really good book. Yes, um, yes. And my 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 favorite takeaway from it, I wish I had read it earlier and I wish I understood. I may have read it earlier and just didn't really grasp what he was trying to say in that book mm-hmm. was, you know, when you talked about working at McDonald's, I thought about that book right away because I think I would not have despised some of the smaller, the smaller jobs, right? The ones that we kind of like flip our nose up at sometimes. If mm-hmm. I would understood the concept of rich dad, poor dad, was mm-hmm. that when you, when you understand that I'm here to learn something specific, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's not about the hourly pay. You don't care so much about that. Right. You understand that I'm here for purpose. Right. And so maybe the point of me working here is to build a relationship with somebody in this job. Maybe the, and when I say build a relationship, I'm talking about dating y'all. It could be, but I'm talking about (laughs) building networking (laughs) with somebody who is of influence on your next season of life. Mm -hmm. Maybe it is to understand systems. Like McDonald's has an exceptional system. Like the reason Mm -hmm. why they're so successful is because they had one of the first companies to improve systemization and making sure that every company does, like every location does everything exactly the same, automating. And so if that's what you came in to McDonald's to learn like how do they do things so efficiently then that little seven minimum hour I don't know how much they pay now but let's say 750 an hour is is a is a is an expense is a really good cheap education you're actually getting paid a lot more if you master their systemization so that when you could take that and apply that into your own business later it's it's not to waste anything and that brings me to what it means to be young we talk about young means you're willing to learn that's all it means. It's not about age. Younger to Rooted is not a, a company for children, although born riches. Um, you know, Young Rich and Rooted, we, we coach um, women um, around their money. And the idea, though, is that you have to be willing to learn. To learn, you have to be receptive. You have to be coachable. You have to be willing to accept new information. You have to be willing to unlearn things that you thought were fat, that you assumed were 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 set in stone because life changes even if it was true 20 years ago it doesn't make it true today and if you are willing to learn you will always be able to grow but the moment you are hardened and you can't accept new information and you can't try new things you won't be able to expand you're old no matter how old you are you could be 21 and old you could be 99 and young um and so i you know as kim said be open to new ideas and the more open you are to new ideas, your children will be too, because they follow more of what we do than what we say. Right. And so if you want your children to learn more about money, be willing to learn more about money. Not only be willing to learn more about money, but be willing to learn in front of them. Let them see you learning something new. Tell them what you learned today. Be excited about learning something new. Let them know it's not shameful or intimidating to have not known this before. That will make them feel more comfortable with learning new information, not just in this subject, but in any other subject that they're interested in. And so as we close this episode out, we talked about the tree, (laughs) the grapefruit tree. (laughs) We talked about growth. We want always to remind you to continue to grow. 
to continue to nurture yourself, to nurture your invite, to put yourself in good growing environment. That's the people around you, right? Continue to water yourself with positive thoughts that are conducive of growth. Continue to use the bad situations, which I consider the bullshit of life as fertilizer, right? Because literally bullshit is fertilizer (laughs) and manure is used to speed up growth. It is not necessary for growth, but it speeds it up and it does that in real life too. So every bad thing that you've ever endured in life is a beautiful life lesson. It is another class. It is literacy, the, the, the accelerated version to help you grow even faster. Do not waste anything you went through. Learn that lesson, write that lesson down and teach it to your children. And so as I keep growing, I want you to keep growing too. I'll be growing too. Until next week. <clears throat> Bye y'all. <laughs> Bye. If you thought this episode was dope and you learned from it, It would be amazing if you would take a screenshot, post it, and tag me on Instagram at YoungRichRooted. I would absolutely love to connect with you over there. And if you're serious about leveling up on your money mindset and to start adopting more wealth-building behaviors, you have to check out my 2023 Jumpstart Planner. It's my 12-month daily planner for people who want more than a place to put their appointments. They want a tool that helps them create a plan for their money they can get closer and closer to making clocking in optional. You can order your planner online at www.youngrichrooted.com forward slash success shop. I'd love to help you get closer to FU money status using all the tools in our success shop. I want you to always be able to choose what's best for you without fear, shame, or guilt. Money should not be an insurmountable obstacle to getting what you need and what you've envisioned. You deserve more. You simply have to have the audacity to choose it. Talk to you soon. The world belong to you. 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 The world belong to you.